welcome everybody. Welcome to episode something or other of the Legendarium Podcast. I don't know what it is. It's a it's a weekender. Maybe we'll number it. Maybe we won't. I'm Craig, and that's Kyle. What's up? It's hey. episode three hundred ninety seventy two. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, we are going to be talking today about Brandon Sanderson books, and we have a reason for this. But here's what we're going to do: we are keeping this spoiler free. So if you have not read Brandon Sanderson, don't worry. Please follow along with us. This discussion is actually for you. Obviously, people who are Sanderson fans will uh, probably have some fun yeah, getting after us <laughs> after this episode, um, complaining about this or agreeing about that or whatever. Uh, so we welcome your comments after this. Go to our Discord server. You can find a permanent link for that at thelegendarium.com. Thelegendarium.com. Uh, you can get a permanent link to our Discord server. Join in the conversation there. We would love to hear from you. Go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. We would love to see you there if you enjoy what we do. So for today, like I said, this is it's going to be enjoyable for Sanderson fans. But the big question that we're going to be asking is, should everybody be reading Sanderson? Because this is, he is... Right now, I mean, as of this moment, the biggest name in fantasy. I think it's fair to say. Oh, yeah. So, you know, not that he sold more books than George Martin or whatever, but right now, as far as what people are talking about in the in the subreddits and on the Facebook chats and whatnot, he's the biggest name in fantasy right now. He's certainly written more books than George Martin. In the, <laughs> I mean, in the last... In the last 12 months. In the last 15 minutes. He's probably spun out <laughs> two or three books. <laughs> but the question is, you know, he got that big, and and why is that? And is he for everybody? Is he the everyman's uh, fantasy author, or is he somebody that certain people will want to skip? So anyway, the reason we're bringing this up is because Kyle has uh, he's he's been far behind on his <laughs> Sanderson reading. Obviously, we read just about everything that Sanderson puts out here on this podcast. Um, but Kyle doesn't. Nope. It hasn't. I shouldn't, hasn't. I should say, uh, but Kyle, you're a big wheel of time fan. So mm. that's how you came across him was from him finishing the wheel of time. Yep. Um, and now you are kind of, uh, slowly getting up to speed with Sanderson stuff. Slowly is probably very generous of you to say, I would say maybe deliberately gl- your glacial pace would probably <laughs> be the more accurate term. So, yeah, and so if people out there have not read Sanderson and they're curious about it, I think, uh, Kyle, you're going to be a good one to to talk to about this because one of the things we get crap about, um, you know, on our message boards and on the iTunes reviews, please leave a review if it's five stars. Um, (laughs) One of the things we get crap about is we're too pro-Sanderson on Mm. this this podcast, Mm -hmm. which... Makes me wonder if people actually listened to what we had to say, and that's fine. They probably didn't, you know, if they gave us two stars. But, I, you know, it's fair to say that uh, the rest of us on the show really, really love Sanderson's books as a rule. Yeah. And and this is something that you're new to. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to pick your brain about whether this is, uh, whether we're being too generous or if he really is that good. Sure. I would... That's curious too, because I, like you said, I wonder if people really listen to the Sanderson substance, like when you guys talk about your experience through the books, and because I do feel like there's a healthy dose of uh, critical and analysis there, right? 
that's not just like, oh, this was great. This, I mean, there's plenty of this was great. This was great. But uh, well, I think maybe it comes from probably there's not there's almost not a legendary legendarium episode out there where there's at least not a reference back to Brandon at some point. <laughs> right. He's yeah. almost like the anchor. No, of, I think of, that's fair. Of, of references, right? Certainly outside of me. For me, it's mm-hmm. Tolkien. For sure. Yeah, you know, Tolkien is my anchor. Mm-hmm. He's the one that I always and, think of references back to. But I think it's probably fair to say that for everybody else, um, and for me to a, a great extent, mm-hmm. Brandon is that as well. And I think I think that just kind of proves your point at the top of the show of like he's the biggest name in fantasy right now. It's the one that you it's pretty widespread that if you make a reference to Sanderson not only will the panelists be able to all be like, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying there because they're all they've all read it. It's likely that most of the listeners will be able to follow that through point, you know. Right. So anyways, but not you, but not me because so, I haven't read it all. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through what you have read up to this point. OK, Um. so the very first well, my first introduction with Sanderson was finishing the Wheel of Time. So I right. read his final three books of the Wheel of Time. Um. But we'll not count that because that's, I mean, we can count that. But yeah. anyways. Um, and, you know, uh, maybe that is worth talking about, but we're going to be mostly talking his about Cosmic stuff own, today. Yeah, his own works. Um, that's even not generous enough because he, there are his own works. Um, I have read Elantris. I have read Mistborn, The Final Empire, but I have not read, I haven't finished that trilogy. I'm about halfway through Well of Ascension and I've tried to pick up Well of Ascension a couple times and we'll put get it there. down. And I have read The Way of Kings. Those okay. are the only three Sanderson books that I have read front to back. I have dabbled in other things here or there. I've tried to pick up a few, um, like I said, in like the second book in a series or whatever. But I've read the beginning of Mistborn Era 1, so the first book, and then this, The Way of Kings I just finished last week. Yeah. And I'm just starting with words of radiance so so i guess let's start after that rundown you you've read a small <laughs> a small fraction of what brandon <laughs> has put out in the last 10 or 15 years yep let's start with really really broadly do you like him are you enjoying reading sanderson yes i'm not looking for specifics yep but i do okay. i i enjoy his imagination i enjoy his worlds i enjoy overall his storytelling and the experience you get um it's it's quite a ride yeah i will say there there for is sure a lot so there. i do i would say enjoyment yes do i like him yes so if somebody came up to you and you know say yeah yeah, yeah i like fantasy stuff what do you got to recommend or or maybe not they're just i like to read what do you want me to read would Sanderson come up or would you sooner recommend like a, a Pat Rothfuss or Robert Jordan? Or whatever? Um, I think he would definitely come up. I think we've talked about this in different episodes before of like recommending fantasy, recommending books. You got to ask some clarifying questions first mm. because that's such a broad, um, there's, there's so many series and worlds out there um, that it's, you, you kind of have to tie it to what people's, likes are likes and dislikes but honestly i probably would recommend him simply because what we talked about before where it's like if you're dabbling in fantasy this is the guy you're going to hear about everybody's going to recommend him to you here's where here's my opinion of him and here's where i would say start i would probably start them with mistborn 
Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get to reading order in a sure. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay. No, that's fair. You, if for no other reason than this is what everybody's talking about. If you, it, it's like it's like a you know TV or movies or mm-hmm. something. It's if you want to be part of the conversation, if you care about that, then yes, you should read Brandon Sanderson. Mm-hmm. If you don't care, if all you care about is the merits, mm-hmm. then that's a different question. I will say this from my own experience. Um, most of my driving force, except for now that I've finished Way of Kings, before I finished Way of Kings, almost the only reason I kept reading Sanderson was for that fantasy feather in my cap, right. uh, fantasy street cred, if you will. So that you could finally participate <laughs> so, in the conversations exactly. on our uh, our Legendarium Facebook chat. 100%. Because, <laughs> and like I said, I enjoy him. I, I enjoy Sanderson. I really liked Mistborn. I didn't, I mean... Atlantis was just okay for me, and I really wasn't bought in for Way of Kings for quite some time until I got all, once I've read all the way through it, now I'm pretty bought into Stormlight, and I can genuinely say I'm enjoying what I'm reading, I'm excited for the next book, but it's taken me a while to get there with Brandon's work, and I think a lot of people find that counter to what their own experience was been has been Mm -hmm. which is interesting because most people i'll talk to are are really super excited about cosmere stuff or mistborn or whatever like oh it's so great and all they want to do is talk about how great it is and that was kind of the the challenge for me is that i just was not getting that for quite some time even after i had finished like i really really liked mistborn picked up well of ascension fizzled out yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. really liked the lantris for a little bit put it down several times and had a, I, I kind of had to work you had to through force that one. your way through it and then and I had a similar experience with way of Kings honestly but once I finally got through now I'm really excited about words of radiance and yeah, so yeah. That, that I guess it, that would be my my commentary is most of my driving factor was not on the merit of the work mm-hmm. it was on the the community factor that I don't want to be the one person that doesn't know what the hell's going on with Sanderson <laughs> stuff. And, uh, you know, he is the biggest name in fantasy. And, and I want to have, if, if I'm going to say I don't like him, I'd like to be able to say why. Right. And I feel like in order to do that fairly, again, you got to read it. Yeah. got to read it all the way through too. Right. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is a lot to ask. Which is a lot. It reminds me of uh, when I was back in college and it was uh, it was de rigueur at the time to make fun of Twilight. Oh, you, you read Twilight? Right. Uh, what garbage books. And finally, mm-hmm. my sister-in-law was like, have you read it? And I was like, uh, no. no. Mm-hmm. And she said, you can't say another word until you read it. And so I uh, so I read it. And boy, was it a page turner. <laughs> and then I got to the end of it and I said, okay, I've read it now and it's garbage. And let me tell you all the reasons why. Um, it, you know, so yeah, I think there's something to that. You've got to, before you can badmouth it, you got to read it. Sure. Anyway, but let's let's go back to this idea that he is the biggest name. He is the one that everybody's talking about. He is the one that has all the sales and the awards and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Why is that? We're going to get to some criticisms of brandon in just a moment but let's talk about what he does really well why is it that he is the biggest name in fantasy right now what what do you think he he consistently delivers quality stories is he the the marvel of fantasy books 100 percent. 
Yeah. In fact, I would say that he is... I was thinking about this on the drive over actually because I knew I was like how do I how do I wrap my mind and and explain this to Craig and and <laughs> listeners about my feelings. Uh he's very very much the Marvel but honestly I would say that Brandon to me is the Ford Mustang of <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> Ouch. And uh, no, and I mean that as a compliment. Oh, okay. I, I don't particularly care for Mustangs. Sure. So. But I mean that as a compliment. You, if you, you meant Charger. You meant the Dodge Charger. No, 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 no. I mean the Ford Mustang. Because, <laughs> here, and hear me out. Here's why. There is such a wide uh, range of Ford Mustang that you can get. <laughs> you can get the $24,000, $30,000 entry-level Ford Mustang uh-huh. consumer. I mean, classic Ford. It's it's the everyman sports car. You're still cranking your windows? Yeah. And you can get the Shelby GT500, which is just, you know, the epitome of Nicolas Cage's dreams. In, <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyways, uh, but it's consistently, it consistently delivers. It's popular. It it's kind of the everyman sports car, right? Okay. Um, and again, you can get a wide variety of it. There might be things that you're saying, I've got all the bells and whistles over here in Stormlight Archive or even larger Cosmere stuff. And then there's, you, you, we can argue about pros and that kind of stuff. And I don't know, that would be the way that I would describe it. Okay. Um, but yes, to your point, he is the marvel. He cranks out so many stories it's it's almost commercial at this point yeah um that doesn't and that's not a bad thing i'm not saying that as a criticism no i i think what marvel okay so let's let's hop on this marvel train for a moment and talk about what marvel did for movies the superhero movies were largely a joke mm-hmm. until marvel came along and mm-hmm. uh, and did their thing starting in 2008 with iron man mm-hmm. It, they it, there were exceptions to that you know there were good superhero movies the toby Maguire spider-man first one at least the first and second mm-hmm. ones were good um but they but even those you know oh, we don't want to take ourselves seriously this is a i mean hey it's a comic book movie we're gonna oversaturate the colors and mm-hmm. and just not not take our hero all that seriously or whatever right. you know go back to the tim burton batmans or whatever mm-hmm. um and then Iron Man comes along, and and the MCU generally, and it says, you know what? No, these can mean something. Mm-hmm. They, but they can mean something in a way that is accessible and fun and interesting to watch for just about everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's going to rub some people the wrong way, and that's fine. They don't, you know, a lot of people don't right. like Marvel movies, but most people do. And then you watch the MCU over the years, and it's not every one of their movies is a hit. You know, you watch Thor 2 or Iron Man 3 mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. It's not every single one of their movies is a smash success, but every single one of them is competently made, and it feeds into the larger narrative very well. Right. Uh, It it matters, uh, but none of them matter so much until you know until you get to some of the Avengers movies maybe right none of them matter so much that it's going to change society mm-hmm. or yeah I, I guess maybe I'm explaining myself poorly but uh yeah Marvel is a really really good um entertainment machine 
Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. But yeah, I, I guess uh, they wouldn't have made it this far if they didn't know what they were doing. Okay, yeah. now we shift over to, over to Brandon Sanderson. Basically, everything I've said kind of applies. Yeah. It, every book that he turns out is going to be competently made, mm-hmm. well put together, uh, and some of them are going to be transcendently good, but most of them are going to be good, and a few of them are eh, that was that was mm-hmm. only okay or sure. or maybe skippable or whatever. Right, and so a lot of those are actually in Sanderson's case, I think, are non-Cosmere stuff, which For you sure. haven't read any of. But yeah. uh, our our episode on Calamity, that was the third book in the Reckoner series, made mm-hmm. it very clear that he doesn't always stick the landing. <laughs> right. I mean, they're probably, I mean, for him himself as a writer, they're probably Cosmere palate cleansers anyways. You so I mean, it's like, I got to step outside of this and do something else yeah. and stretch, you know, get rid of a few one-off ideas or things that came up and I'm like, oh, that'd be fun to do and toy around with. And then, yeah. And the thing is, is, when he has those one-off ideas, he just wraps it up into a narrative, publishes it, and there you go. Yep, you know? yep. yep there you go. <laughs> um, and we should probably explain for anybody who is listening who hasn't dipped into Sanderson, you know, maybe some definitions are in order here. Uh, when we're talking about the Cosmere, it helps to know what Brandon is actually up to. And so I'm just going to give us a, a two-minute aside here and let you know what Brandon is actually up to. So let's actually stick with comic books for a moment. If anybody has read comic books, they know that comics intertwine and the storylines feed each other and they feed into a a larger narrative. And so you have um, Spider-Man off on his own adventures, but then every once in a while he'll cross paths with Captain America or the Hulk or whoever. And then they'll feed into a larger story and come together and have their Avengers comics every once in a while. Imagine that with novels and that's what brandon is doing um he is creating many many different series with many different books in each series uh and those feed into a larger narrative called the cosmere Uh, so this is an entire essentially galaxy worth of uh, peopled systems under a a single storyline and so they are separate, and you can read them all separately, and you don't have to read the one to enjoy the other, but they do feed into each other, uh, creating one giant, giant narrative. I don't. It, it boggles my mind that one man is trying to pull this off. But, I mean, I guess he's mm-hmm. not. He, he does have a whole team uh, right. helping him out to a certain extent. Right. I would say that the fan base doesn't do him any favors, though, in terms of, in what, what, you, way? In terms of what you just said about you can read them by themselves and still enjoy them. Yeah. But the uh when when you start reading it, the fan base is so rabidly yeah, yeah, seeking yeah. new Cosmere things that it's like, oh, you gotta read Mistborn, but you can't just read Mistborn. You gotta read this Mistborn and that Mistborn right. and that Mistborn. And then you gotta read this and that and that and it's like, <laughs> hang on, let's just read the final empire first. <laughs> and again, <laughs> you know? we're gonna get we're gonna get to publishing order in just a second. For sure. Or and- what Whatever publishing or, or, or read, I mean, reading order, is whichever what I order say. that is, I'm just saying collectively, um, he's done he's done such a great job building a very loyal and uh, excited enthusiastic. enthusiastic fan base. Uh, fans, do yourselves and your favorite author a, a favor and and just chill, 
temper it just a little bit. Chill. <laughs> uh, no, I... Mucho te carisi, as they say. Uh, what movie was that? Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. So, um, oh shoot, what was I going to say? Oh no, sorry. Back on this thing that he's building, and then I do want to get to that. Uh, the Cosmere, the way that I put it in a, a video, I, I made a YouTube video, I don't know, a year or two ago, and it was about what Sanderson doing is doing and how it compares to Tolkien. Mm-hmm. So if we say stories are buildings, this is a, a, a an analogy I've used quite a bit. If stories are buildings, then people have built some really cool stuff over the years. You know, you went from huts to houses to, uh, you know, mansions and forts mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and on and on. And these buildings got more and more intricate and interesting and whatnot. Tolkien comes along and goes, you know what? build me a freaking skyscraper mm-hmm. and so suddenly you went from the you know the 20,000 foot mansion to the 800,000 foot uh, <laughs> square foot skyscraper right and every floor every room is meticulously detailed mm-hmm. and lovingly crafted and whatnot but it's this giant building and it dwarfs everything around it and gives good pun thank you <laughs> and, uh, dwarves everything around it if we're going Tolkien um <laughs> And, and he, more importantly, or just as importantly, I should say, provided a blueprint for future authors to come along and say, oh, that's how you build a building. Mm-hmm. Cool. I want to build one myself. And so they had this thing to work off of. And, you know, obviously some had more success than others. But Brandon came along and basically said, ooh, that is cool. What if I took that idea and made a whole freaking city? Mm-hmm. And so he is going to spend his entire life trying to build a city. A well, city's he, worth well, of stories. That's the thing. He built a city, and then and then he was like, maybe I'll just build a whole metropolis. <laughs> it, well, exactly. Yeah, it's a city yeah. full of skyscrapers. Yeah. And, and It's the east coast of the United States where <laughs> the, the city starts and it just doesn't end for several states. <laughs> so it's, it's a massive undertaking. And frankly, if somebody were asking me, should I pick this up, I there's a part of me that's like, y- you got to see, we all want to see how this goes. Mm-hmm. I'm just wildly curious well, to see if he can pull it off well, over the next honestly, 10 or 20 or 30 years. Honestly, to my earlier point, that's that's part of the driving force for me is like I want to experience this as it's happening and see right. see how see just how this all pulls together. Yeah. Just is it doable? Um in my my own personal opinion, and people can take this for what it is, but my own personal opinion is I can already say I feel like it's too much, but again, need to read it all and experience it all to be able to fairly say that. Right. Um, I, but that's just my, that's how I enjoy reading is mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to have 35 books to climb to be able to say that was worth it. Yeah. I want to make sure it's worth it after two or three. And you know? this, okay. So now we should get back to your point earlier. You know, people need to calm down when you're <laughs> recommending Sanderson or talking about Sanderson online or whatever. In a way, I agree, and in a way, I don't. Sure. Um, okay, Let's. we've teased it enough. Let's talk about reading order, because this is going to kind of feed into that. Okay. Um, when you recommend it, you said start with Mistborn. It's a mm-hmm. good place to start. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I really love Elantris. I, I mm-hmm. know I a lot of Sanderson fans uh, find it fashionable to crap on Elantris. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic book. It's uh, There's a reason that it got it, it's the one out of the 10 that he'd already written it's the one that he finally got published mm-hmm. like it is it's a good book anyway but fine let's say start with mistborn if somebody 
comes to you and wants a recommendation and you say, you know what? You should read Brandon Sanderson. Mm -hmm. And then you hand them the Mistborn book. Right. What you don't do, to your point, Mm -hmm. is say, okay, read this. You're going to love it. It's this whole trilogy. And then when the trilogy is over, there's another Mistborn series that comes after that. But before you read that, there's this thing called Warbreaker. <laughs> it's a standalone book. Warbreaker's good. And probably you should fit Elantris in there uh, also. It, you know, somewhere in there, you should probably read that one. Maybe it's not as good as Mistborn, but I still think you'll enjoy it. But the whole thing, the, the crazy thing is, it all feeds into this giant Cosmere thing. It's this whole galactic story that's going on. And all of it kind of comes together in, in the Stormlight Archive. It's this epicest of epic fantasies. And you're going to get to the Stormlight Archive, and it's all going to start to gel and come together. And suddenly, instead of handing somebody a book, you handed them a stack of 18 books. Mm-hmm. You handed them 5 million words to read mm-hmm. and six different stories to try to piece together. And it's too much. And mm-hmm. so when you're... And this is coming from the guy that loves Wheel of Time. Both of us, <laughs> which, yeah. You know, which is 15 books and 4 million words in like right. it, but a similar way. Anyways. Anyway, my, my point isn't that that the Cosmere isn't cool. I freaking love the Cosmere. I think it's amazing. What he's doing is mm-hmm. shocking and amazing and wonderful and absolutely worth watching. My point is that when you hand somebody the, you, you hand somebody Mistborn, or this happens sometimes on our uh, Discord server, I think, when, or definitely on Reddit, if somebody mm-hmm. goes on Reddit and said, says, hey, I just started Mistborn. I'm really looking forward to, you know, picking up this new author. And people go, ape with talking about all this stuff that's that's gonna that is coming your way Mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing you you know Mm -hmm. settle down just let them experience it the way that you got to experience it 10 years ago when you Mm -hmm. got on the sanderson train or whatever Mm -hmm. um let it let it unfold for them right anyway so so reading order mm -hmm. i think mistborn is a good place to start but if you don't do that or yeah, yeah, that's a good place to start. I was going to say, a lot of people recommend publication order for Brandon. Right. And I think that's actually a really good way to go. Yeah, I think I think my one, and again, huge caveat, I've read Elantris, I've read Mistborn, yeah, yeah. The Final Empire, I've read Way of Kings. My one um, argument to publication order would simply be, it depends on how much you've read other th- like how how well read are you okay um simply because i found a land like you said people like to crap all over elantris i didn't think elantris was that bad but i did feel like elantris felt much more like a college student trying to write their first novel than <laughs> okay. you know what i mean uh it was just a little bit apparently you haven't read that many college students novels <laughs> but no i take your point clunky for my for my taste okay but that's that's coming from the angle of if you have read all this other fantasy stuff or you're really well read and you feel like, okay, like Elantris might be a little bit like it was for me where if you read that first and you're like, I've heard all these great things about Sanderson and you read Elantris and that's your first exposure to him. You might be like, that that was it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was the guy that everybody's like super jazzed about. Like it was okay. But it wasn't like, I don't know that I would jump into 18 books after that, after having read Elantris. <laughs> um, and that's that's my point, though, is that if you are recommending something, especially if you say, like, read it in publication or to read Elantris, 
don't tell them that it's all this huge giant other story because I don't know that what I got out of Elantris would light my fire to read 18 other books. Right. Is all I'm saying. Okay. No, I think that's absolutely fair. And and, I, and that's why I would recommend Mistborn because I do feel like Mistborn itself. Yeah. I was super excited after Mistborn and I kind of fizzled out in Well of Ascension. But uh, Mistborn itself, actually out of the three that I've read, it's probably my favorite right now. Okay. Um, between Way of Kings. Just as a, as a book. As a book. Way of Kings, Final Empire, Elantris. I think Mistborn is probably the best singular book out of the three. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I did read Elantris first. In fact, I read Elantris when it was published. No, I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't like in the know or something. It just sure. happened to be a book that I came across and it did light my fire. So, sure. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I, sorry. I'll always defend hey. that book. But fair uh, enough. As far as reading <laughs> orders go, and well, and I should say, I, I reread it again last year just to see. Like, I hadn't mm-hmm. read it since we read it for the show. And I was like, you know, now that I've read hundreds more books, does this still hold up? I think it does. Anyway. But again, I think that's, I think that's to the point that we're talking about though, is when you recommend something, it's, it's again, you, you ask clarifying questions like, what is it that you get out of a book? What is it that you enjoy in a book? Mm-hmm. You know? I, and when it, astute readers will recall, there was an episode that I did way back in like the episode 40 or 50 range. It was with Riley. She had just read Elantris. And so we did a short episode. She and I talked about it. Uh, she and her husband were visiting me and my wife and asked the question, hey, mm-hmm. you know, what should we read? Do you guys have any recommendations? And I pulled Elantris and Mistborn off the shelf and said, and I, I thought about it for a second before I said, Riley, you read Elantris. Tommy, you read Mistborn. Mistborn because mm-hmm. it was kind of, I was personalizing it. I think this is where the two of you would mm-hmm. prefer to start. And it worked out really well. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. so I, I, I guessed right, I guess. In you that know case, what? Now that you're saying that, I think I would argue that you shouldn't rec like I shouldn't people can recommend whatever the hell they want. Don't listen to me. <laughs> this is just my own brain. Uh but I wonder if for me recommend the story for the story's merit, not for the author. If that makes sense. Oh, you should read Brandon Sanderson, he's great. No, you should read Elantris because this is a story about XYZ and it was awesome. Right. You know, you should read Mistborn because of this or that, not because it was Brandon or it was Tolkien or it was whatever. Right. Recommend the story for the story's sake. But I think a lot of the times we we attach it. And I mean, rightfully so. I'm not again. This is just stream of thought, I guess, at this point. But a lot of the time we're off notes now, people we are off notes. A lot of the times it's like, oh, you have to read Brandon Sanderson or you have to read. Robert Jordan, or you have to read Patrick Rothfuss, and it's no recommend the story that you enjoy. Like yeah. you need to watch Annihilation as a movie because Annihilation was fantastic. And you know we get into the weeds of like why do we like Alex Garland movies and things like that. But it's like when you recommend a movie, you're usually recommending the movie. It's not you got to go watch everything Steven Spielberg does, right? You know, it's just I don't know. That just kind of came to me as you were talking, and, yeah, no, and I wonder makes- if that's a little bit where we run into stuff it's just like read his whole catalog <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but if you uh, if you are determined 
if uh, if you are going to go through and read it, uh, here's what I would recommend. And this is actually something that comes up uh, on our Discord every once in a while. Somebody's just getting started. Oh, what you know? What should I read first? Uh, and some people say publication order. I say uh, you could do worse than Legendarium order. Uh, this was not something that we came up with consciously. It was just <laughs> what we ended up reading it. Mm-hmm. as you know as a podcast we started with and I'll, I'll walk through it and this is from memory so forgive me if i get something slightly wrong but we did uh the original mistborn trilogy elantris second mistborn trilogy plus secret history warbreaker and then stormlight archive and between the stormlight archive books that's when we did his short stories his cosmere mm-hmm. short stories um and so that's i, I think that would you could do worse than that reading order right there. Mistborn, then Elantris, then Mistborn again, <laughs> Warbreaker, and the Stormlight Archive. Yeah. Um, at that point, the Stormlight Archive, I feel like, is such a huge investment for people who don't know. These are uh, four books now. Each one is a, to, to call it a doorstopper is putting it lightly. Uh, each one is three 380 to 400 and something thousand words. They're mm-hmm. massive books. Uh, and there's four of them, and it's such an investment. Unbelievable amounts of characters and places and magic systems and all that stuff. It's it's a lot to get into, and I always... And Brandon is with me on this one, I can say. He backs me up on this. That is a difficult one to mm-hmm. recommend first. Right. Uh, you know, unless it's a person who you know is ready for it. Uh, I mean, I should major... You know, we should probably have put this out as a disclaimer at the top of the top of the episode don't listen to my experience with this <laughs> i mean you can if you want no I think yours like is, no why why but, wouldn't we say that but i like i said i feel like i think we talked about this a little bit a little bit ago um off air but i feel like i do a really bad job of representing just how enjoyable uh these stories have been for me as i've read through them because a lot of the questions that i'll get is like Oh, he he's the Sand- he's the guy that doesn't love Sanderson as everybody else does. And so I'll right. talk about the reasons like what my why it isn't lighting your fire the yeah, way it lights ours. Yeah, why it does why I'm like not jiving with it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's not incredibly well done or that I don't enjoy it. In fact, I've enjoyed quite a bit of it. Yeah. Um but it's it's I think it's that me trying to reconcile some of the enthusiasm that I experience with other panelists or with listeners or just the general, the gen pop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, we are recording from prison now. No, uh, just a lot of Sanderson fans or just fantasy fans in general that are really jazzed about it. And I'm like, I I don't feel like I'm at that hype level. Sure. You know what I mean? So trying to reconcile that. But I do want to say that I have, thoroughly enjoyed especially as i got through way of kings and and jumping into the next yeah stormlight i'm like oh let's do this that reminds me a lot of uh the way that i talk about patrick rothfuss right yeah i really like his books i think his books are great Mm -hmm. and that's about where i get and other people start you know they lose their minds over what the prose style or you know Mm -hmm. journey or whatever and i'm like yeah it's it's fine cool yeah that that doesn't mean i don't like it i really like Mm -hmm. it i like it a lot i recommend it all the time, but I just don't, it doesn't grab me the same way that it grabs a lot of people. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I think that's familiar. And this is something we've talked about on the show and, uh, and that I will talk about again and again until I somehow pierce the, uh, you know, the general consciousness 
uh, of our culture. And that is <laughs> you can, you can not love something as much as the next person. That doesn't mean you hate it. Right. And they're not justified in making you feel like you do. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's a, that's a pet peeve of mine. It's okay. It's okay to like something. It's okay to not love something. Right. That was, and that would be the way that I would describe my journey so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that it's really good, but I wouldn't, at least for my own personal opinion, put it into the great threshold. So yet. we we've kind of talked around it now. I feel like we're we're starting to kind of talk in circles a little bit. Do you feel like we've talked about Sanderson's cons enough or are there some of those that you want to get into now that we've laid the groundwork that you like his books mm-hmm. you are enjoying the journey so far right or do you in general terms again we don't want to spoil any books or anything but uh, in general terms do you feel like there are any cons that you want to call out like you know you might not enjoy his books if you don't enjoy X yeah uh, if you don't enjoy table setting there's a lot of table setting. So uh-huh. if you if you what what's your tolerance level for world building in general? Yep. Um because the thing that I think is both a pro and a con for Sanderson is in general is the amount of time that he spends world building. I say pro because the worlds are very rich, they're vibrant, they're unlike things you've probably ever seen before. They're very unique. But I think in order to have unique new ideas it takes time there's not i think you've talked about this on number a number of episodes before but there's there's not as much of a immediate familiar feeling in a sanderson book like you don't have the hobbits from the shire or you're not like middle english fantasy feel um you're thrown into a completely different environment different world different magic systems and so it takes time to set that up um, and he does a good job doing that, but it does take a lot of time. So if you don't have the tolerance for that, and especially like Way of Kings, which I just finished, there's 800 pages of that <laughs> before you really get into. <laughs> I mean, that's that's hyperbole, but there's there's uh, a lot. Sadly, of it. It's at least four or five hundred. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, and there's things in there that are that you can latch onto, but it's a lot. Um, so that would be one of the cons. One of the other things, I think we've talked about this before we turn the mics on, but from my experience is the the style in which he writes. And I don't know if this is just reminding himself as he's writing, um, but he reminds you a lot of what he's just said. Yeah. He, a paragraph ago or two pages ago where he'll set up something or talk about a character trait and he'll repeat that character trait or that whatever just... Just kind of like, and remember, and remember, and remember. And I don't, if it's, the way that it comes off for me as a reader is he doesn't think that. That you're going to follow along. I'm going to follow along on this, on this larger narrative that he's going with. And he has to constantly remind me. And for me, it pulls me out a little bit where I'm like, dude, I know you just said that. Or you just had the character demonstrate this feeling and you set up this feeling and I'm feeling it. And then you come out and you actually just state it bluntly in this character is feeling this yeah and i'm like wait i got that yeah you just showed me that you don't got to tell me that um and that happens pretty regularly i would say um and it's an interesting it's interesting for me because i feel like 
it's regular, but there are times when I don't notice it as much. Mm-hmm. And that's usually when he's ramped up the action. Um, but as he kind of settles back down, I see it a little bit more yeah. as he's um, info dumping, for lack of a better term. Or you know, exposition. Exposition, yeah. I, I think that's fair. He does that a lot in... Um, in, in a couple of different ways. One is the world building and the other is the character building. Mm-hmm. He repeats a lot. Um, I don't mind it when it comes to the world building as much. Because like you said, this is some hefty world building that he's doing. And if it's been, you know, 35 chapters since I came across this certain type of plant for the mm-hmm. first time, you know, I, I came across it 35 chapters ago. He hinted at it. Uh, and now that plant is back and it's going to matter. Yeah. I don't mind if you sure. kind of remind me a little bit. Okay, here's why it matters. Yes, you did see this before. That's mm-hmm. okay. But it's like, you know, Wheel of Time people, again, I'm not spoiling anything here. Wheel of Time people will sympathize with the idea that like, I get it. Nynaeve is angry. Mm-hmm. I get it. Perrin is uh, reticent to take leadership roles. I get it. You mm-hmm. just told me that four paragraphs ago. We don't need to do it again. Yep. Uh, and that kind of character thing, I think it bothers me more there. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, uh, I'm probably on the same page with that. I think it's more character stuff. Yeah. Um, or I think without, without spoiling, uh, <laughs> we're being so careful. Today. I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I really am trying to, cause I don't care about spoilers, but I know that I in with that mentality towards spoilers, I tend to accidentally spoil things for people because I'm yeah. like, oh, sorry, I, I forgot that people care about that. <laughs> um, the the tactic that he'll use sometimes is there will be some sort of action that's happening, right? And it'll be like, oh, wow, twist! We didn't see this coming, but the character's inner thoughts will explain to you why that event unfolded as like this sudden epiphany in their thoughts of like, oh, and they'll walk themselves through it. Oh, I didn't think about this and that, and this is how that came together, and I should have realized that. And it's like, well... As a reader, you got that already, and now you have to read a page of explanation of what you already got? That, but also what it does from a character level is... Why did this character, why should this character have realized that? I have nothing before this point to mm-hmm. make me think that this character would have enough insight to, and I'll tell you, once we get done recording, I'll tell you the, I, the particular gonna, scene I'm thinking of. There there are Sanderson <laughs> fans screaming right now. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, what I'll tell you the particular <laughs> scene I, I'm thinking of after we get off the mics, but, and I can, I'll talk about it in Discord if people want to know. Feel free to hit me up in Discord and I'll, I'll unfold it with, <laughs> with spoilers. Um, but the idea that like, oh, this is this is author reaching in through character, uh, inner character dialogue to, to grab your hand to bring the reader up to speed. Yeah. Um, when it's not necess- it's not necessary, and in my mind, it actually makes me feel it's a little bit jarring for the character development because it's like, why would he know this? Right. Or why should he know this, this in this moment? So I think it's absolutely fair to bring this up as a con. Uh, from you know with your experience i don't have a problem with that that's a a perfectly legitimate complaint however here's my counterpoint to that mm-hmm. um is or i guess maybe not counterpoint just as so much as contextualization and a reason why i think it's not as objectionable maybe as you do mm-hmm. and that's that 
as we've kind of established, this is the marvel of fantasy books. And right. we want it to be something that, you know, like a Marvel movie, mom and dad get the kids, go to the movie theater. Well, they used to. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> to get in, the ki- get, get in the car, go to the movie theater, take the kids, and everybody comes out of it, and they enjoyed it. They got something mm-hmm. out of it. Mom and dad enjoyed it. Kids enjoyed it for different reasons or whatever. Right. This is that kind of experience. And you say, like, I, you know, I wish Brandon trusted me more as I was reading. And I get why you would feel that way. And I would just say, look, if I was 12 reading these or, you know, 14 or whatever, I wouldn't have picked up on as right. much stuff. I would need the handholding right. that uh, that he provides. And so you still, as an adult, as an experienced reader, mm-hmm. you still get what he's trying to get to you. Right. But he... Uh, but he also makes it accessible for other readers as sure. well. And I think that's valuable. I think so too. I I think my question would be maybe, and maybe I'm just, maybe my viewpoint on the, the entirety of the Cosmere is, is off a little bit. Is that something that you would expect out of an epic fantasy series at the depth level of Stormlight Archive? Sure. Yeah, right. no, that's fair. And so that that totally would be fair. my one thought is like, I think your your point is sound even across the board. And if that's in the if that's the intent, then fantastic. But that is the that is the that is what is on the page, right? Yeah. For better or worse, here's the way that the story unfolds and how he how he writes. And my thought would be may, maybe I'm putting too much expectation on the stormlight archive to be a little bit more dialed in than that, or have him trust me a little bit more at a level of, like you said, I'm going to, I'm about to read a doorstopper of a novel and this is what, and again, maybe this comes back to uh fandom and this is his magnum opus. And this is the, the epitome of Sanderson here. This is yeah. stormlight archive. Right. And so at that point, is that something that you would expect? in a series of that magnitude. Yeah. Okay. That'd be my thought. <laughs> well, on that, I think it's probably time for us to start wrapping it up. Sure. Uh, so I guess we come back to our question of, uh, you, do you recommend it? Should everyone read Brandon Sanderson? And for me, the answer is, if you feel the slightest bit inclined, then yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You should give it a shot. If you're somebody who does not give a the single ass of a rat... <laughs> about epic fantasy then it's eh, it's okay to skip it right i think i'd fall in that same camp like i like i said i don't feel like i i've done a good enough job in this cast or elsewhere to say how much i have enjoyed yeah and bringing out the positives and, and what i do like about it um and maybe that's that's a little bit harder to do without spoilers but <laughs> um i would say yes i think that you should try it i think that if you are interested in the genre at all, he is the biggest name in the genre right now, like we talked about, and you should definitely dip your toe in somewhere yeah. within Sanderson's works, and there's plenty to choose from. That's what that's the other thing I think that makes him so recommendable is that there are plenty of entry points yeah, into yeah, yeah. his work, even outside of the Cosmere. You can read Sanderson stuff. Reckoners um, was great for two and right. a half books. <laughs> and so that's where I think um, the dude has earned a reputation for consistent delivery, quality, mm-hmm. um, 
And there's a reason why I think he tweeted out the other day or some one of the one of the bookstores tweeted out the other day. I think it was from New York that there's like a whole section of just Sanderson at this point where it's like yeah. you're now enter- entering the Sanderson wing. <laughs> the and, Sandersonian. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason that people pick up basically everything he writes. And yeah. so, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You should try it out. Um, I think my experience has been a little bit different, but I would still highly recommend him. Yeah. You had the expectations of an entire discord server slash Reddit sub- <laughs> or subreddit plus the uh, uh, private conversation that you have with six or seven other legendary <laughs> uh, you know, panelists all writing on that. So, uh, what I don't want to have a lot co- of expectations. What I don't want to have come out of this, and this is already what has come out and will continue to come out, is oh, he's the one that doesn't like Sanderson. And again, it's not that I don't like him. I just don't think I'm on the same level. Yeah, that's totally fine. Well, <laughs> I'll be curious to hear what other people have to say. So again, join us on Discord. You can go to thelegendarium.com and join the conversation and let me know if uh, if you plan to read him or not. We have a Sanderson channel there. People are super good about spoilers. Uh, so we have some people who are reading through uh, Sanderson's books and just kind of giving periodic updates on where they're at and how they're enjoying it. And everybody is very conscientious about spoilers, uh, very encouraging, you know, as we said, maybe sometimes a little too encouraging, but uh, <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say that's a, a forgivable sin. It's a good thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'd love to see you there. And if you enjoy what we do here, again, patreon.com slash legendarium. Uh, we've had a, a few new patrons join this week and uh, very, very grateful to have you there um, and hope that more of you will join us there in the future. So thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye.